I'm Mary Angela Abeo, and this is Virtual Pride on the Face to Faces podcast. While pride is amazing with all the glitter, libations, and celebrations, the real pride is striving to live our truths and fighting for equality, education, and inclusion whenever and wherever we go, starting right here in our personal spaces with how we celebrate ourselves and take care of our community. I'm hoping that this month we give you content to help remind you that though this year's pride may be quiet in your neighborhood bars, clubs, and sidewalks, there is an incredible community of humans ready to celebrate you. And no matter who you talk to, there will always be someone who can connect to your journey. Though we're physically separate this year, no one can take the connection that our pride gives us to each other. Now, let's lean in and celebrate. Today is a very special episode for us during Pride Month. My guest is choreographer, director, educator, Kate Wallach, who uses she, her pronouns. Kate was named one of Dance Magazine's 25 to Watch, has created stunning commissions with companies like Pacific Northwest Ballet, Wim Wim, Jacob's Pillow, ICA Boston, just to name a couple. In 2010, Kate founded an all-abilities, community-focused dance class called Dance Church, which quickly grew into packed spaces of over 500 attendees a week, branched into various cities across the country and now world. And since the quarantine, Dance Church has gone both virtual and now viral, being the lifeline for so many of us who've been struggling while practicing social distancing, staying at home, just needing to move our bodies and feel our community again. I know I can speak for everybody in my circle when I say that Dance Church has been a light in the darkness during this pandemic, brought us all a collective way to move, smile, laugh, and let go of the anxieties of the world in the comforts of our own spaces while still feeling connected to our community. Kate, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you for that intro. That was so sweet. Uh, Well, it's it's real. It's real life. You bring a lot of light to people. And I think, you know, our days harken back to seeing each other in the hallways. I was this little kind of homely dance mom back in the Cornish days. And with this ballerina daughter who looked up to all of you dancers And, um, you know, we'd see each other at Emerald City Smoothie and we'd like just be walking down Broadway. And it's just it's so crazy to see the full circle now and to see what you've created this movement. And I'm just I'm really excited to finally have jumped on the bandwagon now that I'm in quarantine, because I was telling you before, I always resisted going to the actual dance church because I was afraid to see exes or I was (laughs) scared that I, my, my dancing would be judged because, you know, I just didn't, I didn't get it. And now I fucking get it. I get it. So first of all, what I like to do with everybody is I want to check in because we're in this weird fucking place in the world. How are you today now? Well, today is a day off for me, which is exciting. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm actually good. Everything is really intense and it feels like we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow kind of a feeling, which is scary. But I think over the past few months, I've just, um, I've just kind of been embracing that. And it, it actually kind of reminds me of my, my dance practice or like taking class, like the action of just like being present and just 
being in a state of being um, and sort of accepting what comes your way. And then, and, and then, you know, making, making hyperactive choices. <laughs> um, so, so I am good. And I will just have to say that, you know, I actually identify as a dance mom now too. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. I love that. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You are, you are number one dance mom, but <laughs> I'm honored, but yeah, those were the years. Those were, I mean, ballet moms especially are, they're fucking brutal. I made like several cry. I'm not your quintessential dance mom. And so, yeah, they all hated me. It was pretty rad, <laughs> but that's good. So um, this podcast is a little bit about the human experience, especially right now. What's been the hardest part for you? Hardest life adjustment? You know, I think it's about the fact that we're all struggling. So I want people that listen to this, no matter if they hear their favorite author, they're somebody that, you know, created dance church, whatever, um, to know that we're all struggling and we all have moments that we're like, this sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I feel like there's also been like, just things that I, I didn't really realize that I, I was desiring or needing um, right now. Like, it's actually been kind of nice to like, not have like uh, physical commitments, you know, like I didn't real. I just, my dance company just finished, um, touring a dance piece over the fall. And before that we were in creation for a year. Um, dance church has been expanding, um, in physical locations. And I didn't really realize that I kind of needed a break, like physically, physically, not necessarily my mind, but like just my body. Um, and so that that has been um, nice, you know, to like work in my bed all day or to like just sit on the couch um, and, and also like schedule. Schedule has completely changed for me, you know, like in some ways I feel like more available to like work because like I'm just sitting around. I'm not like in my car commuting. I'm not on a plane like going like traveling like a lot of like that time is, is just free now. Um, and so I'm actually finding a lot of space for creativity. I've been inspired by TikTok, uh, dances and I have been feeling re-inspired to make choreography, which I will say that like a year ago, I felt like making actual dance phrases felt like pulling teeth. Like I I couldn't get out of like a state of improvisation. And now I'm like, Oh yeah. Right. Making dances again. So, you know, I'm finding that right now. And I think that that is, um, like there's something inside of it. It's like dissonance. It's like positive and negatives, like coming right. together. It's friction, it's tension and release. Um, and I think a lot of people in a wide variety of industries are experiencing that they're like, Oh, but also like, ah, <laughs> yes. I love that. I think you're so right. And I think it's very, uh, reflective of the dance world and, you know, how you create and, um, through struggle and through that push and pull. And I know you were talking about being on tour and I have several friends who saw you on tour and that's our other connection is Andrew Barty, yeah. who's a great friend. And you guys were on tour with perfume genius who I, 
I cannot stop listening to that new album right now. (laughs) I know it's really good. And you're doing little choreography pieces to that online. It's just so (laughs) rad. It's so rad. Um, But so I love that. I love that you're finding that silver lining in those difficult things. You know, I think that dance church, you had to really think on your feet. You had to make a switch really fast from physical spaces to virtual. And I know I was talking to this uh, point to a burlesque dancer that was on the show and she was saying how it's kind of rad that she can support her friends and do events and watch things from her couch without a bra on. And it's like those of us that don't want to get dressed to a certain way and go to dance church and be seen by people and have our boobs flying around everywhere or not wear, you know what I mean? Or not get dressed. It's kind of brilliant now. So tell me about how that switch happened. Tell me how fast you had to think under your feet. And you know, that's, you had to switch your whole model up. Yeah. We did in like two days. <laughs> um, Props to you, A, for doing it so fast and so well. Thank you. Um, that, so I I feel like this is probably going to be like an infamous date for like a lot of people, but I, I think like around like March 11th, everything was just happening so fast. And, um, you know, dance church in-person classes, like, in Seattle, in LA, even in New York, and in some of the smaller cities like Salt Lake City, um, like they're packed spaces, you know, like part of the model of dance church was like, um, well, it wasn't even a model. It's just what was happening over the past five, you know, six, seven years um, as dance church was really exploding, um, but was a lot of people in a small space or like, and then the spaces started to grow and it was like, okay, more people crammed into big spaces. <laughs> um, and, and like, we know that's like prime coronavirus spreading. <laughs> and right. so we kind of had to make this decision really quickly of like, all right, this isn't safe anymore. And I do have to say, like, I thank the dance church community for being so transparent with that, with me. Like, I was like, should we do it? Should we not do it? I was talking to my board. Should we do this? Should we not do it? And, um, you know, the, the people, the people of dance church were like, we should not do this anymore. We need to keep each other safe. And so, um, when that happened, we just made the decision, all dance churches, you know, everywhere, just no more. And so, you know, I feel really thankful for my team. Um, and that those people include dancers who have, I've been, you know, collaborating from my, with my dance company for the past 10 years. Um, when we formed Studio Kate Wallach, the nonprofit organization that sort of supports the different artistic endeavors that we all do, um, we have an amazing board and they're creatives and they are, they work in technology. They work at Amazon, Microsoft, they're designers, um, they're producers. They, they touch a lot of different other industries. And so, um, when, when we made that decision, it was like, okay, well now what? Because dance church is such a big part of the underbelly of how we function. Like we dance church, um, there's 35 dance church employees. Um, there are instructors, um, all over the country. And like, I just knew it. I was like, if dance church is closing down right now, everything is going to start closing down. Like when it comes to like the arts and community. And so I got really worried about like the future of that, you know, what is it going to look like for all of these dance artists to not have work? And so, um, 
that's when the 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 idea of of the internet came around. And you know, thanks to um, the our board president Al Al Mandilli and um, my partner Andrew JS and his design um, firm in New York, his partner Josh Tuscan, we just kind of all put our brains together based on the value system that Dance Church was built off of: partnerships, um, new ideas, supporting dance artists, um, bringing community into dance, and we just sort of put that into a pot, and we literally built like our own kind of hackered platform. <laughs> In two days. And it, I mean, it's not hackered. It's fully legal and everything. It's just like yeah. it doesn't exist. Like being able to do what we're doing right now through Dance Church Go, there was not something that you could just like search on the internet and like find the solution for it. It really involved like creating a new thing, um, which I have to say, being a dance artist, a choreographer, it's like that's what we do in creation. You know, that's what you do in the studio. You create things that haven't existed before. And now we were just doing that in a multimodal way. <laughs> so so it happened really quickly. And that is fully thanks to the, the people that I work with and all of us being able to put our minds together to make it happen. And then a thousand people showed up and then the next one, like 5,000 people showed up and it just went like this. Yeah. And I do think to like speak to your point about the accessibility part, like I wasn't even thinking that, but that is one of the, a beautiful thing that has happened through, through dance church on the internet. Like people like, like you or so many other people are like, actually, this is the space that I do want to take dance church in. Like I want to take dance church in the comfort of my own home. I have a friend who has like really intense social anxiety and who is like claustrophobic. And it's like those two in a dance church space, like that doesn't really work. And so even though dance church was like built on the you know, of a mission of being like, you know, a accessible space for people to liberate their body in a communal experience like that actually leaves some people out, you know, because like the actual format for that, um, there, there still were some like barriers to entry. Like you have to be okay being in a room with like 150 people or whatever. So I think that that's one of the most beautiful things that has come out of this. It's like dance church is way more accessible now, um, than like space limitations, um, like, like, like ramp limitations. Like there's so many things that, um, are now not really there. Like you have to have Wi-Fi and like a phone or like data on a phone to like do it now, which is so cool. I love the internet now. (laughs) Right. I think before it was this negative thing that we were all like putting our energy into and it was super negative. And I was talking to my very first interview for this podcast. Um, it was, uh, Robin Williams son, Zach Williams. And he was saying, I, used to be so hard on myself about screen time. And now it's how I'm connecting with the world. And it's so much healthier because my choices are so much intentional, more intentional. And so I think with dance church, it's funny. I, I was, I was texting Maddie, my daughter, who's a ballerina and a grown human now and adult. And she, I was like, what are you doing? She was like, I'm taking dance church on my phone. And I was like, I love that. She, I was like, where's your laptop? She goes, I don't have it. But she, you know, she found a way. And I think that is what's happening here is people are finding a way. And that was my thing is I was like, I don't want to see anybody, but this is perfect. And then yeah. we have people talk about it. So you have people go, did you do dance church this week? Did you see that song they played? Was it Thomas leading? Like, 
you've created this community, even though we don't have, we can't feel each other. We can't smell each other. We can't hug each other, but still somehow we're all feeling connected. And I think that is beautiful because I think, and this is my next question. The dance world is going to change forever. The entertainment world, the performance world, the next time we are all going to gather in a theater to watch dance performance with a few thousand people. I don't know when that's going to be. And that's fucking scary to me. Yeah. Yeah. This is a way for us to all enjoy it still and support our artists and support the dancers and the companies. How do you think it's changed forever? What are dancing dancers and and company owners feeling right now? Because I I even talked to Peter Bull about it and it's just, it's scary. Mm -hmm. I actually, I was sitting, I... Peter and I were supposed to have a meeting uh, to talk about like future collaborations and ideas that involve dance church. And um, it was right before dance church closed down. It was like in that two day turnaround. And I just like, I was like, Hey, I've been saying this. I'm like, it's the greatest pivot turn that's ever happened. Like it really is like a, a, a pivot. And so I think like, we're all experiencing that collectively in the arts, um, in the music industry, like high touch industries, like industries that are built on, um, on audiences, um, like physical audiences, like selling tickets to shows, you know, like I was like, I love Justin Bieber and like, I, but I was following his whole rehearse rehearsal process for his new tour. And then it's just like, like, I'm just like even huge artists like that, like huge, okay, so like everything. It's- I actually heard. That's so funny that you mentioned that because one of my friends, Tucker Barkley is a dear friend of mine and he's a choreographer for that tour. And he was like, we were working. So yeah, I know I should actually connect me. <laughs> um, yeah, he's one of my dear friends. Um, we were just talking to, and he was just telling me the other night, he goes, Oh, we were deep into rehearsals. Word. We were, we were ready. I was ready. I had my whole like flight plan. We had everything. And then it was done. And I was like, what? I had no idea. I didn't even think about it. It's just every it's, it's, it's scary. And I think here's, what's exciting though about it is that this is like, I, my whole thing right now and what's been sort of like my North star, like guiding me through this is like that, like we can't go back to the way that it was and it's never going to be the same. And so the ideas that we are presenting right now is like, it's the future. And it's so like, we're innovating for the future right now. And I feel like that's actually like a really exciting crux to be in, not like a negative crux, like a positive one. And so um, when it comes to the arts and when it comes to dance and it comes, it comes to this industry, that's like, like I miss rolling around and like wrestling with people in the dance studio. When is that going to be safe to, to do it again? I, I don't know. So, I can miss that. I can hold that in my, in my body. Um, but like, this is what the dancer does, right? The dancer says, okay, how do I physical physicalize like the memory of rolling around with somebody? Like, how do I turn that into something new? And so, um, I feel, I feel like what we're about to see is 
all of this, this mass innovation in, in, in a multiple, like a multitude of ways, whether it's through technology, whether it's through like manifesting things, um, manifesting dance in new ways, like through books, um, through objects, through products, like through, um, through, I, uh, conversations. Uh, I really think that, you know, there was this curator, um, Lane Chaplinsky, who used to be the artistic director of on the boards here in Seattle. And when I, my very first commission from, uh, OTB in 2014 was when the conversations were happening. Um, he was like, Kate, like, think about like, you know, this cup as dance and, or like, like, how can you start to shift in the mind's eye, like how dance manifests? So it can be an idea that is rooted in the body. Um, but how, what if it, it, you know, comes out as an album or what if it comes out as, um, a t-shirt or something, you right, know? Right. And I really think more than ever, like the dance artist is going to have, is going to be dealing with that. And I think that, that I'm not, it's still hard to be like, okay, what does the actual physical performance look like, you know, and what, and how is that going to manifest? But, um, I think that there's this like really beautiful thing that's going to happen through it and just accepting that, you know? Um, and also like in uh, hoping and doing this, that other industries are also going to be in innovating the platforms for that, you know, like the dancer, the artist, we hold the power of the experience, the, the technologist, the, 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 uh, developer, they hold the power to create the thing that supports it. So I think that this relationship is going to be more crucial than ever, you know, um, and uh, because who knows, maybe architects can start innovating new theaters or new ways of renovating theaters that can support like having people see a live physical thing. Uh, I just saw on Instagram, uh, Jacob Jonas, who's a choreographer in um, L.A., he just um, or his company just put together a live performance and people came in their cars and there was a whole system designed to have the cars be in the round. And then the dancers who did a whole rehearsal process, they're based in L.A. So it's like you kind of have to have good weather to do this. But right, like, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> all the dancers like did the performance and it was lit by the car lights. I just there's there's going to be new. There's going to be That's new. Brilliant. Yeah, site specific new ways of, of putting together the experience. And I. I'm really excited to see all that content on the internet. And like, I'm just excited about it, you know? So I would say that dance church made that, you know, that pivot super quickly. Um, and you know, we have, we have the value system of dance church, the mission, all of these things that were able to make that happen so that you, you can still feel that sense of community. And, um, now I'm starting to figure out what that means with my relationships with like theaters and curators and like commissions to make a physical dance piece. Um, and yeah, I, it's going to be one big think tank. Yeah. And I feel it rumbling, you know, I feel it underneath and I feel people I'm enjoying so much watching different ballerinas, choreographers, tap dancers, like perform and, and just fuck around from their living room and like create, I've been watching you create on your stories and I'm like, Oh, her process. It's so fun to watch. Like 
it's fascinating. It's something I would never have seen if it wasn't for all of this. Yeah. And we, and, and we're watching actors. I'm watching Broadway stars like sing, you know, in their bathroom because of the, you know, acoustics. And so you're right. There's some, something rumbling. I don't think anybody's really put their finger on anything specific yet, but I think they're, they're trying and they're fucking around with it. And I think that's, what's important is that creation process. And put them so, racing it, like just yes. racing it and just saying like, you know, this is it right now. And so we just have to sort of say, say yes to it. And, you know, you, that's a dance church value right there. Say yes to your choices and yes to the choices of the people around you, even if they're messy or whatever. <laughs> yes. I love that. Well, before we get into my lightning round questions, I wanted to ask you if you can like wrap your head around to just explain to people how many, just exactly what dance church is if people have not heard, which I think everybody has, and then how many cities where they can find it if they, you know, when we do open back up, where are they? Or, you know, what days a week they can go online? Yeah. Well, I, so dance church is an all abilities movement class that offers a fun and inclusive approach to dancing. (laughs) Like that's truly like dance church is this communal experience that has sort of been, based on this like idea of it, which was birthed for me of like, I need a place where I can belong and feel like I am given the space, the permission to experience dance without form, experience dance without technique, you know? Um, and so dance church is that space to just release. People say dance church is their favorite therapy. <laughs> like um, yeah. it really is like the dance artist is holding the space for all of these people to sort of come together and have this cathartic, fun experience, you know, to Lady Gaga, Madonna and um, Beyonce. And um <laughs> And uh, so, which I love the whole rainbow spectrum of music, of pop music. Um, And before COVID hit, Dance Church functioned in six cities. So Seattle, which is like where it was based and New York and LA and Portland and um, randomly, but with so much love, Salt Lake City and Indianapolis. I know it's I mean, it's all dance church has spread through my heartstrings of dancers that I have, you know, have worked with um, YC, worked with YC, too, when I've like been invited to like do a residencies or commissions um, with like universities like that's how I've sort of shared the dance church Bible. Um, and right now, dance church in person classes we're we're figuring out what that is going to look like and what's going to have to change inside of that when we open back up. But I will say something that's really exciting. Um, you probably know this on Instagram. If you have like a business, um, uh, profile or whatever, if you go into the insights, you can see like where people follow you from. And, uh, before COVID hit, it was pretty much like 80% Seattle, 10% New York, 10% LA, um, of like our followers, you know, in the cities that we exist. And now it's like 10% Seattle, 10% LA, um, or 9% LA or something. And it just kind of goes down. And then it's like just 40%. And which means that 60% of the people who follow dance church are in other places now. So yeah. like, that is really cool and really exciting to me. And it's always been my, my mission to like get dance to the pe- people. <laughs> so now I'm like, well, it's in six cities right now, but like not everybody lives in Seattle or LA or New York. So 
we'll see what happens and how that un- unfolds. Um, so, but you know, in the meantime, you can go to go.dancechurch.com and we are streaming classes every uh, Wednesday and sun- Wednesday evening and Sunday morning, um, trying to figure out if we're going to do more classes or not. Um, follow us on Instagram. Yeah. And then you can donate You can, because I think for oh, yeah. me, I know it's interesting because uh, when, when I want to support something, you, you need to support something that you know, would you be paying to go take a class? Would you pay to go to the club? Like support the dancers, support Dance Church so people can support on the website, correct? Yes. Um, So Dance Church's um, online model is sort of based on a donation-based model. So there's not really a paywall. Well, there isn't a paywall to enter um, because we know so many people have lost their jobs. um, And there's such a wide range of people that take dance church. So, um, there's a donate button and it gives you two options. You can pay what you would pay for an in-person class, which is generally $15. Um, and, but then there's a sliding scale option. Um, so yeah, give what you can model. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, I'm really excited. I'm excited to see the future of dance church. And I have these lightning round questions that are, um, like very uh, James Lipton based back in the day. And so I wanted to create my own. Um, first of all, I want to know your favorite swear word. Oh, definitely. I know this one. It's ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that is something not to just keep talking about dance church, but I'm like, I'm always like, guys, we can't say ass as much because there's children watching dance church now, um, which is yeah. why well, dance church is kind of PG 13. <laughs> I mean, you got to move your ass. You got to move your ass. You got to get juicy in your ass. Like, (laughs) I want to say it's too early for this this morning, but it's really not like we're in the quarantine. It doesn't fucking matter anymore. So, you know, 90% of the answers are fuck. So thank you for that. Thanks for changing it up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not really. I mean, I say fuck all the time, but really my favorite one's ass. I love love (laughs) that. I'm going to quote that somewhere, make a shirt. Like my favorite one is ass. Yeah, I like <laughs> so good. Okay. What, um, what music, I mean, I feel like I know the answer to this, but what music is your go-to self-care tool right now? When you've had a hard day, you just want to listen to something that is just going to take you away from everything. Yeah, you probably know, yeah. but, um, I like dance church music <laughs> Um, but like specifically like the, the hype section of dance church, which is like this, like really intense, like crazy, like, I don't even know what the genre is. I think it may be EDM, but like, it's not really. It's like EDM breakbeat almost that section. Like it's very, yes. Ravish. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Like I could listen to, I actually have a playlist, um, playlists that are just like all my favorite hype songs back to back. Like that's what I run to. That's what I like blast in my headphones. Um, that, that, or Sean Paul, (laughs) um, just, yeah. Like I I love that. Yeah. I, that I need music. Um, when I am like in need of release that can meet my physical psychoness. And like, for me, that meets it. I love that. I love that. That's a great answer. Do you have your dance church play? Are there playlists? Do you have them available for people to listen to? 
Yeah. So, so if you, you can follow Dance Church on Spotify and we have like um, variations of different types of like playlists and stuff. Ooh, that's exciting. Okay. I'm going to listen to that later. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want you to name just a few, one, two, three, however you can think of off the top of your head, influential people who've inspired you to be who you are today, who are not white, straight, heterosexual men, just because they have enough attention. Very true. Um, okay, people have inspired me. Um, so I will start. Number one is my mom. Oh, what a good answer! Yeah my my mom is uh in a teacher. She's a teacher in the public school system in Michigan. Um, and when we, when we were growing up, she ran a daycare out of our basement. Um, and I, you know, what I love about my mom is that my mom was like, not a dance mom at all. (laughs) And, but you know, I'm the oldest of three children. And, um, the one thing that my mom always let me do is whatever I wanted to do. So if I like, I think like what really connected me with my desires, like she was not ever like pushing me into anything. Like she would like wait for me to come to her and say, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to dance. Like I'm really intent about dance. Like, can I do it? And she'd be like, great. Yeah. Here are these like seven scholarships. Like, let me like go write them. You know, like she really like helped me do that. Um, And she also was always the person that said, you can never let a man be the person that supports you. Like you have to do it on your own. And I just, um, like, yeah, there's something inside of that. And, but she was also the person who would forget to pick me up from dance. And then I <laughs> to like figure out how to like get home. I'd be like, dance teacher, will you like drive me home? So like there's there's something inside of that that I think really helped form me. Um, and and I love her. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. So second person. Um, second person is um, Tanya Lockyer who, um, oh, yeah. She's you know, this is Cornish, Cornish yeah. Tom um, my movement analysis, um, professor at Cornish and, uh, which is where I went to college. And, you know, Tanya in a similar way was uh, kind of gave me the same advice that my mom gave, like where she's like, you don't like, just, just make the work you want to make, you know, like you don't have to dance for a company, like just make your own company. And I think that there's something inside, like she really like helped bring out that, that, um, uh, what is the word? Like she made it feel like it was okay that I was like going into this unknown territory or like taking a alternative path that wasn't necessarily, um, the general path that dancers take, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, she's amazing and a brilliant, brilliant woman. I think she's also a brilliant leader and she really like helped build the Seattle dance community. And so, yeah, she's pretty amazing. And then the third person, um, is Mike Hadrius, um, who is perfume genius Mm -hmm. and, I think that this last commission that I got um, through Seattle Theater Group to work with, uh, you know, like a large scale musician, I just randomly somehow found 
Mike and Perfume Genius on the internet, literally. And um, like, for some reason, I, I can't stop thinking about that Rihanna song, We Found Love in a Hopeless Place, because like, I just feel like I somehow met my soul mate without even really realizing that, that, that. <laughs> and right. I just like, I don't know, this Mike and has been a big part of my feeling like I'm like not alone in like my craziness of like being like, I don't know. I just feel like he also kind of experiences the world probably very different, but similar to me. And, um, he's been a big part of my life. Um, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Good answers. All very good answers. Very good answers. All right. My last question to close this interview out is if you could have lunch with your younger self, how old would you be about? Um, what would you tell her? And more importantly, what would you eat together? <laughs> uh, my younger self, how old would I be? Um, I would for sure be like 20 or 21, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, And what would I tell myself? I think that there's something like that's like a really ripe age. Um, And I think that that's the age where you're like, what do I do? Like, and maybe even before that, maybe in the college phase, but I'm like, no, I think it's post-college. It's like when you're about to leave or like when you're trying to figure out like what that first job is. And like, I think that I would have like in a similar way, I think I like would just keep telling myself that you like you, you are doing it. Like you are actively doing it because I feel like as my older self that I'm, I'm 31 now. And like, I feel like I'm always looking for like guidance and like someone to show me and someone to tell me, like, I ask a lot of people for advice. Like I really like talking about, about things, you know, and, and processing it. And sometimes I forget that, like, I'm actively doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing, you know? And sometimes I feel like I'm like, oh, I should go, I should be doing this, or I should be doing that. And instead of just being like, you're doing exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. yeah, at the moment. And so I think that that like, just like that reminder to my younger self of like, always checking in with that, you know, um, and what would we be eating? We'd definitely be eating katsu chicken. <laughs> mm, yum. Okay. I love that choice. Oh my God. I'm like obsessed with katsu chicken. <laughs> I, I mean, if there's anything to be obsessed with, yum. Now I want that later, but. Oh my God. Is that like, so like, whatever. That's it. No, it's perfect. It's perfect answer. I've, I've had answers of Dick's drive-in pizza, um, salad, which I was like, come on. Come on. Um, so, <laughs> okay. Well, I want to thank you again for being here. Remind everyone where they can find you and dance church on the internet. Well, you can find me on the internet and more of the sort of dance based projects that I do at katewallach.com. Um, and that's where my studio, uh, life lives. And then more information about dance church at dancechurch.com. Um, and that takes you directly to the go.dancechurch.com experience. Can, can follow me on Instagram at Kate Wallach and dance church at dance underscore church. 
Um, oh, who took the other one? Boo. Nobody has it. Like, I don't know. I've had, trust me. I've like tried to call Instagram up like, a bunch, <laughs> and I'm like, no one has at dance church. Like, why can't I have it? Because like, I, I have the trademarks to dance church. Right. Give me at dance church. But um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so that's where you can find more information about me. <laughs> well, thank you again for being here. I look forward to shaking my ass with you soon and all during pride pride month especially and i'm just i'm honored that you uh, made time for me so thank you you're welcome wait i have something to show you yes please now i'm scared no don't be scared Yes. It's a visor. For those of you that can't see it, it's a visor that says dance mom. You know, I officially welcome you into the dance mom community. We are creating an alter, you know, the alternative kids from the alternative school that like smoked menthols, like on the side of the school. Like I'm that dance mom troop. Like I'm on that. Oh my God. I love that. Um, I'm going to get you one of these. (laughs) I would. I would so rock it so hard. Maddie would be so embarrassed and I would not care. So <laughs> we've come full circle, Kate. It's so yeah. rad to see you. I love a circle. Thank you Yay. so much for having me. Thanks for joining us for this conversation as part of our Face to Faces series. We hope you'll join and support the Faces of Fortitude community on Instagram at Faces of Fortitude, on Facebook at Faces of Fortitude Portraits, and on Twitter as myself, Mary Angela Abeo. If you'd like to become a face in the project or join me in conversation on the podcast, or maybe you have an idea for a topic we should explore or a person we should interview, please contact us at booking at facesoffortitude.com. And until next time, please have extra patience and kindness for yourself and others.